Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and leading their kids to do the same. Welcome back. Welcome back, moms. I'm so glad you are here. We are here on Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio and TV, and we are back for part two. So we are talking about anxiety in our children. And if you missed uh, part one, you're going to want to go back and catch that because they gave a lot of good tips and tricks and ideas of things that you can do to help your child through their anxiety and through their anxious times. And so I am coming back with part two where we're gonna continue on and give you nine more ways that you can help your child through that anxiety. And again, I wanted to give a shout out to some of my resources. I got a lot lot of ideas from a variety of places, including Annika Nayak and Jacqueline Lopez Whitney in their article in Business Insider India. And then um, also from Erin Leba from Psychology Today and from my own experiences and research as well. So um, a lot of different sources, um, but I want to give credit where credit is do. And so here's part two. All right. So here's nine more ways that you can help your anxious child. Okay. So the first one is called cross the midline. All right. So it's interesting if you are, uh, if you remember the last one that we talked about in, in part one, we talked about movement, right? And so this kind of goes along with that, but it's a specific kind of movement. Okay. So cross the midline is what this is called. So crossing the midline or moving one's hands, feet, and eyes across to the other side of the body can help reset the brain. Did you know that? Okay. So research actually suggests that when you move your arms or legs across the center of your body, the brain hemispheres are activated and work together so that you can think both with logic and emotion. Okay. So it's the whole right brain, left brain thing. And the more that you can get them to cross and connect and work together, the the better it's going to be for you. So I think this is just really a fascinating one. And I remember learning about this when I homeschooled one of my children. I mean, the brain is an amazing thing. Definitely. If this intrigues you, do some research on it. Go go look into this. It's, it's really, really amazing. Very, very interesting. There's a lot of different activities to cover a lot of different things that you can do with this concept. But this one we're talking about specifically for crossing the body, crossing the midline for helping to reduce anxiety. So what does that look like? What are some ideas of ways that you can do that with your child? So one is cross marches, like the child marches in a place while touching their opposite knee, their right arm touches their left knee. Um, it looks a lot like warmups that you'll do for sports for your older kids. Um, windmills, have your child reach out to the side with their arms straight, then pretend that they are windmill moving their arms in a circle while crossing across the middle of the body. Okay. Um, wipe the table with one hand. Okay. So you're crossing, um, your hand across the midline. You can walk in a figure eight. You can draw a large side to side figure eight with sidewalk 
with sidewalk chalk, you know, put it out on the sidewalk for your child and have him or her walk the figure eight. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways and creative ways that you can get them to do activities that cross the midline. But that is a great way to reduce anxiety and um, bring that anxiousness down. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is heavy work. Okay. Uh, to which all the parents say, amen. Yes. Put them to work. Right. <laughs> so remember, we we're talking about uh, methods to use to help reduce anxiety in your children. So heavy work activities are any activities that push or pull against the body. Okay. So it provides input to a child's muscles and joints, and it increases the child's focus and attention, and it centers a child. Okay. So different things that you can do. Again, you can be very creative with this. You can think about anything uh, that you can do. Some examples are do wall push-ups. Okay. So you're pushing against that, carrying a backpack, uh, pushing a vacuum. <laughs> so that's a great thing to do. You're feeling anxious. Go, uh, that, that, that might, you know, help clear things up. You know, if they're feeling anxious, you had them go vacuum, then they they might figure things out. Climbing a jungle gym, um, carrying a pile of books or pulling a wagon can help kids calm and regulate their emotions. And teachers, if there's any teachers, you know, that are listening, like those are some things like, you know, carrying books, like those are some things that you can have them do in the classroom that help to reduce the anxiety and, and level and, and center the child. Um, so that is number two is heavy work. All right. Number three is to use the stepladder approach to overcoming fears. Okay. So this is just like it sounds like help. This is, this is in helping your child progress out of their fears, taking them from where they are and then slowly step by step progressing them and going through the process and helping them break away from their anxiety, okay? So for example, if your child is afraid of sleeping on their own and they have been sleeping in your bed and you wanna get them from sleeping in your bed to sleeping in their own bed and helping them conquer their fear and their anxiety and work through this, you can use the step ladder approach, okay? So for this example, um, it might look like this. So first step would be have your child sleep on a mattress on the floor next to your bed. The next step, would be have your child sleep on a mattress on the floor, but move it closer to the door away from your bed. Then the next step might be have your child sleep on a mattress on the floor in your room with an agreement that you will put them in their own bed when they fall asleep. The next step might be have your child fall asleep in their own bedroom with you in the room. The next step might be have your child fall asleep in their own bedroom with the agreement that you will check on them every couple of minutes until they fall asleep on their own. The next step might be have your child fall asleep in their own bedroom with the light on. And then the next step might be have your child fall asleep in their own bedroom with just a nightlight on. So you can see the progression that you can make. Um, so that's just an example of what it could look like in that kind of scenario, but obviously apply that to whatever the anxiety or the fear is and think through what might be the gradual steps that we can work through to help them get to this goal, get to this end point. So that way you are seeing progress, you are moving them through processing this fear moving them through it and getting them to the point where they can function and they can live um, that they have worked through that anxiety. So that could be a really good 
um, opportunity for you to be able to help them work through that. Okay, so that was number three, use the stepladder approach to overcoming their fears. All right, number four, use humor. I mean, like, why not? Research suggests that exposure to humor significantly reduces anxiety, right? Laughing, laughter is good medicine. You know, we, that phrase has been around for forever for a reason. So humor can distract, it can relax muscles, it can reframe, it can heal, it can release endorphins that combat stress. So again, just like movement, humor can do so many things for your overall health, for the body, other than just be a good time, okay? So try playing a goofy game with your child or watching slapstick cartoons together, reading a funny book together, or telling jokes like, are you ready for these? What has four wheels and flies? Anyone, anyone? A garbage truck. All right, there's a good one. All right, here's another one. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course, the Empire State Building can't jump. Of course, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, these are so good, right? Okay, last one, last one. Thank you very much. I, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I should have been a stand-up comic. Okay, last one. Why did the math book look so sad? Because it had so many problems. That was a good one. Yes, I know, I know, I know. I know it was so good. All right. So have your, you know what? There are books that are like books for six year or six year old jokes or seven year old jokes or like look them up, have your kid like read them. So that would be a great thing. Like if you can't come up with any jokes, use the ones I gave you. Don't say I didn't help you out. Don't say I didn't give you material and, uh, or just have them get their own joke books and pull that out. Um, when they're feeling anxious and start telling jokes to each other. All right. So use humor, whatever that looks like for you and your child, um, in whatever situation you are in. All right. Number five, walk through the worst case scenario with them. Okay. So this is again, processing through helping them think through what does this look like? So ask them what would the worst case scenario be if their worries came true and walk through what that, what would happen. And oftentimes they build up the what if so big in their head and they don't even realize that really is something that they can live through and they can work through. And what would the end result be? And how would we, like if they're worried about getting lost and how you would find them and just whatever the things that are causing them anxiety process through. And obviously, you know, decide based on the age of your child, but the, the more that you can process through, because often we just have the fear and it just clouds us and it just sits there and that's all we can think through. And we can't look beyond them and be like, well, what if that did happen? Then what would life look like? What would that mean? What would we do? And, and working through those scenarios, because I feel like the what if is a huge cause of anxiety. And if you can kind of reason through that and process through that and think through that, that can really help get you grounded and settle you in like, okay, I have a plan. If these things happen, it's not just a huge what if that's hanging out there. Okay. So that's number five. Number six, number six is reflect. All right. So if kids are anxious yet make it through an activity anyway, helping them reflect can build resilience and strength for the next time. So later on, they got through the episode, they got through the issue and then 
sit down and talk to them and ask them some questions, help them reflect on it. So it could look like this. You can ask them on a scale of one to 10, how hard was it? Okay. The next question you can ask them is, was it harder or easier than another tough activity? Another question you can ask them is, what one thing helped you get through it okay? And then another thing you can ask them is, what one thing did you end up enjoying about the activity? Because it's not always all bad. They might be really anxious about something and like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. So it kind of goes with the one before. The one before we're talking through the potential scenario. This one you're sitting down after the situation, after you got through it, you had anxiety, but you did it and you got through it. And now let's reflect on what happened? What were some things that you were afraid of? What worked out? What helped make that work out? So those are some questions that you can use to be able to sit down with your child and reflect with them and talk them through. And that's a really great technique to be able to use um, to help them walk through their fears and really conquer them. Um, so that is number six. Number seven, this is a great one, parents. Model helpful coping strategies. So we as parents, this is our whole overall theme of this podcast, Moms for Wellness, is we go the way and we show the way. So we want to be full of health and we want to teach our children to do that. And often they will see us with the changes that we make and the decisions that we make and will help influence them in those ways of health. And so this is one of those ways is by us modeling good coping strategies. Okay. So us modeling how to effectively cope with our anxiety is one of the best ways for our children to be able to handle their stress and their worry. They get to see us in action. And honestly, it's not always very pretty. So remember that they're always watching, right? But this is a good reminder to put on a good show, like do the things like model what you want them to be doing. Okay. It tells them that they're not alone in their worry and it shows them how to handle it and still be a productive, involved citizen. So you could say things like, when I start to worry, I like to write down in a journal so I can get it out of my head. Or saying things like, if I feel nervous, I take a few deep breaths to calm myself down. How do you feel about trying that the next time you feel worried about something? So that's a great way to be able to begin a conversation or just talk about your fears and connect it with them and giving them techniques and tips and tricks to be able to, for them to be able to use as well. And the thing is, be real with them, okay? Especially as they get older, when they ask you things about your anxiety or worries, be honest with them. Because if we put up a facade that everything is fine and we don't worry about anything, it's a lie, right? It's just not true. And it makes them feel like they are dealing with something extra that it, it, it doesn't help them see you handle it and you be an example to them. So model good coping strategies for anxiety and help by the modeling and through the conversations with them, teach them to be able to do the same. So that is number seven, model helpful coping strategies. All right. Number eight, 
consider seeing a pediatric professional or depending on your child, like, well, it would go all the way up to 18. So any age um, would be able to see a pediatric professional. So the thing is, while worries and anxieties are a part of life, if their worries get in the way of normal life activities or if they keep going long past the stressful situation has been taken care of, then it might be something to look into and talk to a professional. So some signs of anxiety disorder are behavioral changes such as moodiness, anger outbursts, clinginess, or crying, uh, consistent negative thoughts or worrying, withdrawing from family or friends, avoiding things that they used to enjoy, frequent complaints, uh, complaints of stomach or head pain, and sleep problems such as waking up in the middle of the night or having nightmares. So those are all things that are um, used as markers for um, looking at anxiety disorders. So if you as your parent, as the parent, see that these are some of the things that your child is dealing with well past the the time of getting past the the trigger, the issue that caused the anxiety, um, then it might be time to consider talking to a pediatric professional. So those are some thoughts to be able to help you process through that. And then number nine, the last of our tips and tricks for you for helping your child um, work through anxiety is also consider seeing a functional medical doctor or a functional nutritionist, okay? Because there could be some physical or hormonal imbalances playing in there as well. And the gut is a huge, huge part of our mental health, and it is related to anxiety. Did you know that? Um, So do consider looking into gut health issues. Um, So definitely seeing a functional medical doctor or a functional nutritionist. They can help walk you through and answer those questions. Look into those things that are possibly a lot of things that you might have never thought of those kinds of connections. So just a couple of of thoughts um, just along that realm, a few things to help with your gut health. And these are just in general, definitely check with your DO or your ND first, you know, go see a medical professional. But here are some considerations, some things to think about, like for gut health, probiotics, prebiotics, enzymes, they all aid in digestion and they help to restore the gut flora. So that's a great way of helping to rebuild the gut and to help heal the gut. Um, Another uh, supplement is L-theanine and that reduces anxiety and stress. It promotes relaxation. It helps to improve sleep. And then another supplement, um, magnesium. And this is really interesting. Some sources report that up to half the population is deficient in magnesium. So that's crazy. Magnesium does so many things for your body. So, so many things. But two of the things that are most pertinent to our conversation are that it helps with sleep and anxiety, um, among many other things. So those are just a couple of things. If you want to start doing some of your own research and looking into things um, and, and looking for supplements and ways to support your gut and things to help. Um, But definitely um, do see a functional medical doctor or a functional nutritionist to be able to get more guidance and direction in that. So that's what I have for you. Go use these tips and tricks for your anxious child. Use them to be able to help calm them, help process and work through these things with your child. I would love to hear from you for what works. If you use any of the things that I shared in part one or here in part two, um, or 
let me know what other things that you are trying. Oh, I have one more. So this is a bonus tip. Tip number 10 <laughs> um, is um, there are tapping techniques. And so I don't know if you're familiar with these. I don't know the official name for them, but there's tapping. There's an order that you would tap on your face and different parts of your face. And there's a specific order. I don't know the exact, order. I don't remember it, but you go through this process and it helps to calm your system. Kind of like we were talking about the vagus nerve, you know, here calming that, doing things. So that helps um, with the connection and, and reducing anxiety as well. So that's your bonus tip. Definitely look into that as well. That's something that I'm sure that you could look up and uh, figure out and be able to start employing. But that's a really, really great thing to you. So if you have other tips and tricks that have been very helpful for you and your child or that you know of um, that a friend has used, um, definitely let me know. Reach out. DM me on Instagram um, if you have like a picture of it or um or some, you know, what you're doing, uh, put it on stories, tag me on it on Instagram. I would love to see that. I would love to be able to see what kinds of things that you are finding are helpful um, for the things that you are doing or that you got um, ideas from in here, part two, or in part one. If you didn't listen to part one, definitely go back and check out part one as well. So that's what I have for you. And I can't wait to hear from you and to find out what is working well for you. Take care. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.